to Hobbits at Heart. Yay, welcome, welcome back, back. We are here with our friend Mike once again. He is our official Two Towers guest. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, continue to talk about the Two Towers. Yeah. Yeah, I just um, re-watched, I think all of us did, re-watched the second part of this movie today, and it's just so good. Every time, I'm realizing that every time I watch these movies, they just get so much better. And then yeah. I continue to realize oh whoa my computer just decided to open the dictionary what well, i don't know that was so weird did i did i Theory? say something that... no anyway um every time i watch it i continue to like realize why people love it the more that they watch it yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. welcome monster. to the fandom yeah yeah i know i love that i forget that you know this is like your only second or third time watching them through so you're mm-hmm. just at the very beginning stages of falling in love. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've really only seen Fellowship twice, Two Towers two and a half times now, and Return of the King just once. So we're still at the very beginning. Oh, I love it. So on this day that we are recording this episode, it's actually the day that we officially launched Hobbits at Heart podcast. Yay! Yay. I'm just so, so excited. excited. I know. <laughs> I have just been so overwhelmed with like all the love and support that we've received too from just like friends and family and stuff that decided to follow the account or reach out. We even got our first piece of like fan art. Yes, I can't wait to post it. I know me too. So shout out to Tyler for that. They they turned us into hobbits and it's just beautiful. I love it. Yeah, it's so cute. So this is really exciting because we're still in the beginning of our podcast journey and I just can't wait to see where we go next. Me too. So before we dive into talking about Two Towers, I do have something that I want to mention because on our first Two Towers podcast, I we Kelsey, you were asking where did the name Two Towers come from? And I had mentioned that Tolkien wanted to name the books something else, but at that time I didn't have it written down what he wanted to name them. So I actually have an edit to my comment and an addition to my comment. Okay. So in my research to this, we had decided that the two towers were the Tower of Orthanc in Isengard and the Tower of Barad-dûr in Mordor. Actually, that is Peter Jackson's edition. So Tolkien originally meant for it to be the Tower of Orthanc and the Tower of Minas Morgul, which is the tower oh. that Frodo and Sam pass on their way to She Loves There, which is also Mike's background currently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read that as well after our podcast, and so I'm glad you glad you said that. But yeah, I had a, I had no idea. So yay for learning stuff about Lord of the Rings. I know. Wow. I mean, I feel like we're all still learning. So I just wanted to make sure that we were accurate <laughs> in case anyone caught that. <laughs> Thank you. There's some You're another welcome. there's a few other things that I researched today that helped answer questions that we tried to answer in other episodes as well, but I'll get to it when we get there in our notes. But I felt really like a true fan and nerd when I was like, "Oh my god, I'm learning something new about Lord of the Rings and I'm going to share it with my 
Lord of the Rings Prince. So no, yay. I love it. Yeah, I love that. I mean, even though I've loved Lord of the Rings since I was 11, like I don't know everything about it, you know, so I love that Come we're on, all still learning. Get in the picture here. Come I on. Know. <laughs> Well, but now that we've now that we've officially fact checked something we said in another podcast, we'll never make a, make another mistake. From here on out, it's a hundred percent accurate Tolkien. <laughs> Mike, Lord of the Rings. Can't. No, you will never no. be asked back again. No, I'm kidding. No. You need to stop. No. Although I I texted Lindsay today, I did feel like a true fan because I was binge watching um, Grey's Anatomy and I recognized Billy Boyd in one of the episodes, and I was like, Oh my god, Billy Boyd, he's in this episode, and I knew his name, and I just felt like a true fan. And he was so Scottish in the episode. He was even wearing a kilt. It was so good. I love him so much. (laughs) That's so great. Although he was way older. So it was weird to be like, whoa, I just watched you a lot younger on TV. And now you're a lot older. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This year is the 20th anniversary of the release of the Fellowship of the Rings for the movie. So, um, yeah. Wow. Creeping ever towards ever towards our our, our mortal end. (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) well why don't we uh this is great yep yep wait 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 i still have more to say oh okay go for it okay so the other part of my note was that uh tolkien originally wanted to title the books differently so he wanted them to be the lord of the rings part one the return of the shadow part two the shadow length and then he originally said part three return of the king but he didn't like that so he said part three the war of the ring i could have signed on for that one i don't know about the the shadow (laughs) Shadow (laughs) okay wait i'm laughing because i made a face and then i looked and mike was making the same face (laughs) i like the first one return of the shadow that's like ominous i like it i know spooky the shadow then, lengthens. <laughs> you said the third one originally was Return of the Ring? No, Return of the King, but he felt like that gave away the ending. Like that spoiled the ending. So then he <laughs> So they said, kept it anyway. <laughs> yeah, he said, well, what about the War of the Ring? And the publishers were like, nope, it's Return of the King. Wow, publishers, man. Am I right? I know, seriously. Spoilers, geez. <laughs> I mean, it's in the title. I don't know how much that can be spoiled. And to be fair, like Aragorn in the books is nowhere near as like reluctant as he is in the movies to be the king. Like it's pretty much established from the first book that he's the king. He's stoked to be the king. That's his mission of these books is to be the king again. Wow, I'm really excited to read the books. And I also have a few notes later on about the differences between the books and the movies, I think. Um, So I'm excited to get to those. But let's just hop back in to where we left off. Yeah, let's do it. So the last thing we saw was um, we were introduced to Faramir, right? And he took Frodo and Sam because they were looking at the Oliphants. That's not why, but <laughs> yeah, they were they were in in, in Athelion, kind of scoping out the the, the Easterlings and the and the, the wicked men. men. Yes, mm-hmm. I only know that because I wrote down wicked men. Otherwise, I would not <laughs> have remembered that. Um, you would not have remembered they were bad. No, but is that what they're called? Like, oh no, I got you. Men. I got you. <laughs> Okay, it's going to be a long night. Um, so when we pick up after the disc change, we see the, uh, someone, fill me in. What do we see? So we see Gimli, Aragorn, Legolas, Eowyn, and Theoden all on their way to Helm's Deep. And Gimli is telling Eowyn that 
there are in fact female dwarves. People just mistake them for male dwarves because as Aragorn tells us, they have beards, um, which I would love to see a female dwarf. I'm just curious. Actually, they might show them in The Hobbit now that I think about it. I can't recall. But yes, I'm just curious what a female dwarf looks like with a beard. I um, <laughs> Now I'm curious too. I will say I really liked, I like I said earlier, I'm glad I rewatched this because that little tidbit, I totally forgot that Gimli even mentioned. Um, but it was just like a funny, cute moment. And it kind of just solidifies what we had been talking about, how Gimli is really a comedic relief um, tool in this mm-hmm. movie compared to the last one. So I really like that. And they establish it just like right off the bat. Yeah. Wait, so dwarf women have beards as well? Yeah, <laughs> that's what Aragorn says. He's, well, I, I think if I remember correctly, Gimli says they're so alike in appearance that they're often mistaken for dwarf for dwarf men. And then Aragorn points out that it's the distinction is that the men have beards and the women don't have beards. Oh, I oh. always thought he meant, yeah, because women also have beards. I, I think, I believe that, that he was making a distinction between uh, women and men dwarves. What? I Google it. I have always interpreted that as, as women dwarves also have beards. And that's why people mistake them for men. For male dwarves. Well, now, now we're going to fact checking. I know. We're going to fact check this My podcast. whole world the no, last okay. 20 years is right. I have it. Okay. In The Hobbit, some dwarf, dwarf women can be seen briefly in the beginning of the film when, well, this is kind of spoilers, when the story of the destruction of Erebor is told, some women have beards while some have sideburns of varying length. Ha! What? What did I say? There you go. <laughs> Thank you, uh, TolkienGateway.net. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> See, yeah. now this the opposite happened. You thought your mind was going to be blown about dwarf women not having beards. In fact, my mind was blown. They have beards. Also, what was that you said earlier about us all being right all the time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, Full circle. it was a good moment. And I liked that there was some comedy and that they the other characters in that scene could have a laugh as well. Yeah, I liked seeing that Aragorn had like a kind of lighthearted side where he's like, it's the beard. I don't know, I just thought it was cute. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, look at Anything him. Aragorn does is cute. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I had a question here because Aragorn and crew, right, Gimli and Legolas and all them are accompanying Theoden to Helm's Deep, but they thought it was a bad idea, right? That they were going there. Why yeah. did they even join them in the first place? Like, why didn't they just go with Gandalf to find uh, Aomir or whatever? I guess, I don't know. I guess because they're like, okay, we're going to help Theoden out now. If they thought it was such a bad idea, they knew that he would need help. So they're just being good people like they are. Gosh. They're so yeah. Oh, they're so great. And even, can we just talk about <laughs> this stew that Eowyn gives Aragorn? Okay. I, that looks so disgusting. I was like, what is that blob that he's eating? It looks squishy. It doesn't look anything like meat. It's like this squishy blob that he's eating i meant to google like what they actually cooked and what they made him eat but um i forgot so i was gonna do it right now <laughs> yeah, it looks like they just boiled fat and then put it yeah. in water it looks um, like grease water it looks so gross come on aon girl if you want to get I a know. man i mean it looks i'm not gonna like- say what i was gonna say i was gonna say you need to learn to cook but you don't because you want your strong independent woman <laughs> yeah out of all the women in this movie she's the one that wouldn't go along with that uh, yeah um, it kind of looks like fish, to be honest, but it just looks disgusting. It really does. That it looks was... like shrimp. 
And I will say there was always like uh, there was a while where I didn't really understand the point of the scene. And I think really what the point of the scene is to kind of is that one tidbit that we learn about Aragorn is that he is 87 years old mm-hmm. in the book. During, at this point, he's actually 88. But in the movies, they make him 87, which is fine. But uh, yeah, uh, Aragorn is the is a member of the. Uh, the, the yes, he is a he is a Dunedain Ranger, um, Dunedain. which is uh, a descendant, a descendant of Numenor, a race that has been gifted with long life and i actually had to do some searching to kind of figure this out but aragorn dies at 210 if you were curious about that oh wow so he still has a lot of life left oh yeah like mm. could you imagine being 87 and going yeah i've got you know i've only been alive a third of my two, life yeah exactly <laughs> so after this part with eowyn and aragorn i don't know if anyone had any other notes about that i remember hearing and i have no idea where i heard this and i've since not been able to find it but I heard a rumor once that the reason why they included that scene was because the catering company that was providing food for the production was bad. And they wanted to include their food in the movie to dunk on them. But, I can't, but I can't find any notes about that anywhere. And I have no idea where I heard that. So That's so funny. There's nothing about him not liking the stew like in the books. It's just like something this, they added. Nope. <laughs> That's so, but, so funny. That being said, I can't f- substantiate that anywhere so as far as i'm concerned that's just me making stuff up interesting so we have this flashback scene where it's very romantic arwen is wearing this wispy purple dress as a kid i always thought it was kind of scandalous because i was like can you see through it oh my god what did they just do (laughs) (laughs) did they know did they know that it's translucent oh my god Continue, Lindsay. My bad. That was my only note. What did you have? I said, so now Arwen can talk to Aragorn in his dreams, but pretty sure he was just dreaming. I think this is like a flashback. Well, at first he starts dreaming because he's like, this is a dream. And then then they go to the flashback with Elrond and Arwen and Aragorn. Yeah, and that's how I always understood it was like, okay, he's he's seeing her in his his dream. Because then doesn't... um, What's her face? Eowyn say, like, where is she? And then he goes into the flashback or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he says okay. she's on her way to the Undying Lands with the rest right. of her kin. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we learn about more. But there's another yeah. flashback later on, right? Or am I just imagining this? No, there is. Okay. Then let's move on because I'm getting them confused. <laughs> no worries. I believe next we have uh, the start of the warg battle. So as everyone, as, you know, the people of Rohan are on their way to Helm's Deep, there is this whole battle with the orcs on wargs, which is something that Peter Jackson added in. This actually wasn't in the book. Oh. But yeah, he just wanted to add a fun little little battle. <laughs> you got to spice up that long walk. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, then that piques my interest because, and I don't want it to be too spoiled, but if this battle is when Aragorn goes bye-bye over the cliff, then does he, does that happen at all in the book? Or does it happen differently when he's gone and comes back? I don't remember. Neither do I. Good. Okay, I don't want it to be spoiled. So we'll just, <laughs> well, listeners, if you know that, then uh, let us know. <laughs> wow, yeah. we really should have done these after we read the books. <laughs> no, I want to read the books. I think that reading the books after watching the movies specifically for Lord of the Rings will make it easier for me to digest because I'm not a very good reader. <laughs> yeah, it'll it definitely takes me help. like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. 
Um, except for The Hobbit. I'm going to read the book before I see the movie. Sorry, Mike, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, like, oh, we're just watching a movie or reading a book after you watch them. It just gives you characters to put in or it gives you people and actors to get yes. assigned to these these characters. Yeah. I saw, I remember, like, I know in this scene uh, when freaking Hama gets his comeuppance for helping kind of, like, he's not really a bad guy. You know, he's kind of working for Theoden when Grima kind of orms around and tells him to take the wizard staff and stuff like that. But, yeah, unfortunately, poor Hama gets his comeuppance. He dies. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I never realized that? that was Hama. Oh, yeah. And his son is in the movie later on. Yeah. Wait, so I don't know who this is. <laughs> Hama is the, he's introduced, and he's a little bit more uh, talked about in the book, I think, but he's the one who takes the weapons away from them as they're entering the Golden Hall. And they're like, I'm supposed to take your staff. And then Gandalf's like, I need it. I'm an old man. Oh, and then that's when the kid later is like son to Hama or whatever. Yeah. That's his exactly. Son. I never oh. put that together. <laughs> yep. Makes it more sad. His dad oh. just died. Wow, oh. that makes that next scene, not the next scene, but the later scene mean more. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I am. Okay. We're thank learning you, stuff. Mike. Yeah, thank you. That's the point of this. Lady um, dwarves have beards. <laughs> and Helma is dead. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I wrote that the wargs look like massive hyenas, but they look like old. <laughs> like their fur is like an old abandoned like teddy bear with like matted fur, but on a massive hyena. <laughs> and yeah. I just, that's where my brain went. And it was kind of terrifying because then I just imagined them as like stuffed animals that like evil. And then I'm the one with active imagination now. <laughs> oh no. So Is my your teddy bear going to attack you in your sleep now? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Don't worry. Yes. I'll just watch Great British Bake Off before I fall asleep. And then I won't, <laughs> I won't have any bad dreams. There's a shot where after Gimli falls off his horse and he's looking at the, and he's looking at the warg. For some reason, that's that CG looks amazing to me. Even all this this time has passed. It looks stellar. Like that matted fur you're talking about. That's the yeah. one thing that stands in my mind about that shot is that it just looks so convincing. It does. And that's yeah. why I think it created like this whole, you know, I created this whole image about it in my head because it it did stand out. So And yeah. I love how in the behind the scenes they talk about how <laughs> they literally just filmed these scenes as these men on horses just like riding around and slashing at the air. And then they <laughs> told the uh see you know, the guys doing the digital effects, like, okay, so just add wargs in and create a battle out of this. And they oh literally just show all these scenes of them just like fighting nothing. And they have to add that all in. You know, I did, I haven't seen the special features for Two Towers, but I do remember asking myself, like in my head, how did they film this? <laughs> like, because <laughs> well, there's a how. lot of, yeah, there's a lot of different approaches to film a scene like that. So thanks, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I must say that this is the scene in the very beginning when, you know, Legolas is standing up there on the hill and he's firing his bow and arrow. And so then badass. he- swings around and hops up onto the horse. Orlando Bloom tried actually doing that. They had this whole stunt coordinated. He did all of these rehearsals. He knew how to do it. And then he fell and that's when he broke his rib. Oh (gasps) Oh, no. So it had to be CGI in the end. I was going to say, Legolas has like the sickest horse mounting move where he just kind of swoops underneath the neck and just ends up on top. But yes, very CG. (laughs) So you guys know how I said I created my own character? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I used to pretend to do this. We had a rope on our tree in the backyard <laughs> and like a rope swing. And so I used to always 
try to reenact it. Like I was swinging around up onto my horse. And did you ever break a rib? No, I did not. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Legolas should take some notes then from what, Lothariel? Was that your yeah. name? Yeah. <laughs> She's way cooler than Legolas, obviously. Oh man, uh, Aragorn might as well have broken some ribs on his fall over that cliff. I don't know if he did, but I just thought that was a good segue. So I used it. Go for it. <laughs> take us there, Kelsey. I just wrote, bye-bye Aragorn over cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Because he literally just goes like, and he's gone. You don't hear him land. It's just, he's gone and no one sees him leave. So then when Legolas and Gimli are like, where's Aragorn? It's sad because we as the audience already know that he's gone and they don't. Well, I think the next scene that we see is uh, Saruman and Grima planning uh, their attack on Helm's Deep. And I just have a a fun, I don't have much to say about this, but I do um, have a little note for all of the orcs when they're all yelling like burn them mash them and it's like a, this huge uh crowd of people yelling they actually went to uh i think it was is either rugby or a cricket game and they had everyone in the audience uh just yell a bunch of different like war cries and stuff no way and they recorded it so like can you imagine being in that audience for that game oh my gosh what a yeah. cheap way of getting some audio because it's those people probably paid to be at that game and <laughs> exactly <laughs> they're not getting any royalties from these movies yeah they were just like we need a lot of people to be yelling where can we go we'll go to a game wow is that oh, yeah. when Saruman? oh sorry mike i was gonna say i could see definitely seeing a rugby crowd being into that like for, for sure. sure no but to say like mine like my one note about this scene is uh brad duraf and his solid single tier acting mm-hmm. it's gonna be insanely useful actor skill though a single dramatic tear? A single dramatic tear, yeah. I can do two dramatic tears, actually, <laughs> at the Follow- same time. Wow. Followed by many more tears after that. Yes, actually, an endless amount of tears. Thank you, 2020. We're good. Batting anyway, <laughs> uh, so we see Helm's Deep for the first time, and my immediate thought was, like, total Game of Thrones vibes going on if you've watched the show. And I think I mentioned that last episode as well. I'm curious, is this what the wall looks like? Is that what it reminds you of? Because I've only read Game of Thrones. I haven't seen it. No, it is a giant white a wall of snow that is way too tall for anybody to see yeah. the top of. So. Okay, so what does this look like? This kind of reminds me of not at the wall, but where they like trained. I thought you were going to say it was like, it's like the Battle of King's Landing where they're kind of, the doors all closed and they're trying to... That's where, like, the hound says, what, fuck the king? Yeah. Oh, this is all coming back to me now. There's just a few different shots of Game of Thrones in certain battles. Um, Not like the big icy wall, but where they, the inside of where they live at the wall, if that makes sense, where they train Uh, and stuff. Just the colors, the surrounding, that sort of thing just gives me, like, straight up Game of Thrones vibes. And I think it's also, like, the chaos of trying to prepare for a battle. I don't want to spoil too much, but I really liked it. And I wrote that these two little kids that I asked about last time are finally reunited with their mom. Yeah. That's the moment we got to see. That is sweet. Yeah, I thought it was so nice. <laughs> so last episode, I know we mentioned Eowyn and Lindsay was surprised to hear that uh, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still not over it. And... Here's my disclaimer, which I did write about. I, after watching just this half of the movie again, so now this would be my third time watching this bit, 
Eowyn's totally growing on me and I understand why people like her. I do. And I recognize that I have a lot to learn. Uh, she blossoms more in Return of the King. So I'm sure that it'll help me. But <laughs> in my first watch through of this movie, and actually my second watch through, these this is just how I felt about her and prior to watching Return of the King. So I need to explain myself. So please enlighten us. Enlighten us, Kelsey. I want to hear this. So I think like shamelessly, you know, obviously I'm threatened by her because I love Aragorn too. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I'm just going to throw that out there. You're like, Um, back up. He's my man. (laughs) You know, so like, of course I'm going to feel territorial. Don't you feel that way about Arwen? (laughs) No, because I feel like they deserve each other. Like when I think about them... I know my place. <laughs> but when I see Eowyn coming in here, I'm like, hold up. You've known him for a very short amount of time, or at least what I feel like is a short amount of time. But in the Lord of the Rings world, it's probably been like two years because who knows how long these movies actually last. Okay. So I just feel and like- And you've been with Aragorn since the beginning, obviously. <laughs> I've, been, I've been at his Dang. side this whole time. <laughs> Shots fired. (laughs) She just comes out of nowhere. And okay, here's the thing. The real thing that set me off was like, when we learn that Aragorn, when Eowyn learns that Aragorn fell, right? Quote unquote fell. They make such a moment out of her learning that. And all of a sudden we're supposed to have all of this empathy for her loss, but we don't get that for Legolas or Gimli. And that bugs me because it just, what? I want to. Would you feel if you just heard Aragorn had fallen to his death? No, but I'm saying, why do we only see it through her eyes and not through like Aragorn and Gimli when he, we've already been with them for like five hours of watching the movie? Do you know what I mean? Because we need that. Will They're they? Won't they? We need too that much romance. Credit. They need that romantic no, subplot. We don't. <laughs> She's only known. I mean, I'm just saying what Peter time. Jackson thought. Okay. That's just how I felt about it. Okay. So I did a little research to see if other people felt like that. And um, I also realized that she kind of reminds me of someone that I don't really like. So I think that's what set it off in the beginning, but we'll put that aside because it doesn't really uh, matter. (laughs) I looked at some comments online and someone said some, some don't like her because in a twisted logic, (laughs) they see her as a threat to Aragorn. (laughs) And Arwen, oh my God. and thus forgetting the fact that it's all part of a fictitious fairy tale written by Tolkien many years ago. And to them, I say, you are correct. There are people like that, like me. I feel that way. I know that it's fiction, but this raised the question in my head. Is she more likable in the book? Do we learn more about her backstory? Do they build that character a little bit better? I kind of want to say, actually, the women don't get, don't, get elaborated on that much in the books they're kind of built up actually more in the movies than i i I feel than they are in the book like arwen is barely mentioned in the books Mm -hmm. so uh, not really so the better version of her is probably in is in the uh movies yeah she doesn't stand out to me in the book very much interesting also i don't buy that i don't buy the calm down is a book nonsense we love these movies we don't know what you're talking about (laughs) how dare you (laughs) Internet, yeah, these comments, (laughs) these comments, these people have a lot of strong feelings. Um, one of these people thinks that Aowen's a complete spoiled brat, which I disagree with. I don't really think she's that bad, but I just, I love that she can fight and I love that feminist side of her. I just feel like I don't know her well enough to be able 
to be expected to connect with her on such a level. But well, this, sorry, what'd you say? This has been interesting to me because I love Eowyn so much. I feel like I can connect to her feeling like, I don't want to be in a cage. I don't want to be held back just because I'm a woman. Like I should be treated equally. I should yeah. be able to fight. I agree with those themes too. Like I think those are great, but I just don't think there's a big enough foundation for me to like rally behind her. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think you're just jealous, Kelsey. <laughs> okay. I already admitted that. Okay. <laughs> but at the same time, we really don't see a lot of Arwen either. So maybe they just have more women. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with you. It's more of like, calm down, Awen. He's Arwen's, Arwen's man. Okay, but look. And, okay, but look. Okay, but- <laughs> Aragorn <laughs> thinks that Arwen has gone to the Undying Lands. So even though he loves her, there is a little bit of him, I'm sure, who's like, ooh, Awen is very beautiful. She's very strong. I feel like he kind of like, you know, isn't quite sure how to react to Eowyn. I can understand if Eowyn thinks that Arwen is is leaving, like she's got to slide in there. This is her chance, you know? I will say that I think when this is later, but we can just talk about it now since we're talking about them. When Eowyn basically tells Aragorn that she loves him, I was like, damn, mad respect. That is hard to do. And she just puts herself out there. But I don't think that Aragorn ever like miss leads her or leads her on like he's very much like i'm in love with arwen i still have her necklace i don't think she ever missteps or like steps over like crosses over a line i just (laughs) (laughs) she's not my favorite okay that's that's just where i'm at okay okay maybe we should just accept this and move on (laughs) yeah i I think there's more i think there's there's like a moment in the return of the cane that kind of like starts to tiptoe past that line but no that's for another podcast so i think next what happens uh, according to my notes is that we go to arwen and elrond when elrond is basically telling arwen you need to leave if you stay here you know you're gonna die he he looks into her future so he says and he sees only death because aragorn at some point is going to die and arwen is going to outlive him and I was looking, I've always been curious about, you know, I've heard of Elrond having having the ability to see or have force, like, in addition to his eyes, foresight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> his ability to use his eyeballs. No, but apparently Elrond, so I've been curious about this. And so they say, you know, I see death and, you know, things like that. And later on it's revealed he sees more. Um, consensus online seems to be that he doesn't necessarily have the ability of clairvoyance he has like the ability similar to what you see in the mirror in the fellowship where shows a a vision of the future what may not be specific or may not be true but it is a potential future um Mm. apparently he does however have the ability to look into others minds apparently it's an ability called osanwe oh Uh, wow they could have used that a little bit more i know yeah and don't see anything about that. And apparently, Arwen, uh, because I had to look up Aragorn's age and death, uh, Arwen dies of a broken heart at the age of 2,901, one year after Aragorn dies. Aww. Oh, my God. I know. Aww. That's sad, but she really didn't outlive him by that much, so suck it, Elrond. <laughs> and, and that's Take another thing that. I found out. That's another thing I found out about when it came to the Numenorians is that um, when it came to the, the elves and there's a lot of half elves in the Numenorian and the Numenorian kind of line. Elves have the ability to choose if they want to live forever. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's We've why Ar- Ar- yeah, Ar- Arwen has that ability to give that up. I do have a question. So Legolas is all, he's an elf. Yes. He's not included in this excursion that everyone is talking about to the Undying Lands. So like, is that just his last chance to go to the Undying Lands? Does he not Oh, he uh, go? So in the book, Legolas actually does make the trip to uh, the Undying Lands at the end of the, at the end of the Return of the King, like you see with uh, uh, Gandalf and all mm. them. Spoilers, sorry for Return of the King. But uh, in the book, he also brings Gimli with him. Yes, really? actually. I yep. know, isn't that so sweet? He brings Gimli to the Undying Which, Lands. Gimli is the only dwarf to go to the Undying Lands. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. That is so sweet. Really? Yeah. Buddies, yeah. BFFs. For life. I'm going to um, have the one single dramatic tear. <laughs> Let's see it. Oh, wait. No, just a little, just a little foggy. <laughs> a little, a little. That did give me like the chills a little. That is so sweet. Yeah. I love their friendship. Yeah, and they both help Aragorn for some time as ambassadors um, to the men and the dwarves and the elves. But yes, eventually they do go together, so, which I learned from that guy on TikTok. I don't know his name, but like the obscure Lord of the Rings facts dude. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. I love him. <laughs> I think that's where I heard it too. So I sorry, I have a further question then. So I felt like this trip was like, it's this trip or no trip because the age of men is coming, right? Right. So in the movie, Legolas is like helping the men fight. And I know later the elves come and help fight as well, but is he just supposed to accept that? Or will there be another trip later on where they can go to Undying Lands? Do you know what I mean? Like at this point, we don't really know. Yeah, it seems like I, I, it seems like that's there's there's always a trip going to the Undying Lands. It doesn't really have to be right now, but uh, yeah. Wow, they just make it seem so dramatic, especially Elrond. He's like so harsh about it. It's like, you <laughs> must go now. Yeah, decide now. <laughs> okay, so after all of that with the elves, now that we've kind of sorted all that out, <laughs> we go finally back to Fairmere, Frodo, and Sam. And I feel kind of like, yes, I continue to forget about Frodo and Sam <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> and Merry and Pippin. I feel like, you know, a lot of it is just Helm's Deep. So I feel yeah. the same. Definitely. Uh, so we go back and we see Faramir. He's trying to, he's looking at his map, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do. And we see a throwback scene when he asks uh, Frodo and Sam about Boromir. He says, Boromir was my brother and he's dead. And Frodo's like, what? When? Uh, and then we see a throwback scene to Boromir, like totally in his element when they win back Osgiliath in this like epic battle. I have to say, I love that scene. Yeah, me too. And this is an extended scene, but I really like that we get to see Boromir like in his element as a good captain and a fighter. Mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of redeems him and shows like, oh, he was a really great leader, you know? And it's fun to see his and his and Faramir's relationship and uh, see how like he really does care for his little brother and things like that. Um, I do think the scene kind of spoils John Noble's introduction in, in Return of the King. But again, I think it's worth it to establish their relationship and see that, you know, they love each other and they also have issues with their dad. Yeah, I wrote in all caps, daddy issues. (laughs) (laughs) They're like daddy issues. I will say, Mike, like, I think it is just the perfect introduction. Its name was what, Denethor? Yep. I think it's perfect. Yeah. I think it's a great introduction to him because it really just shows like, oh, wow, 
it uh, it just gives us some backstory to Faramir and allows us to empathize with him a little bit so that later in the movie and in Return of the King, we understand why he is the way that he is, even in later in Two Towers. So I think it's a good introduction to Denethor, um, but I love the redemption it gives to Boromir and he's such a good brother. I wrote, he's trying to give Faramir credit for the success they had and he tried so hard. He's just so good. I yeah. know. You're like, oh, he was a really great guy. And Is I think there... we, and I think we noticed Kelsey that like you know Sean Bean, David Wenham, and John Noble all have very similar noses. Yes, I wrote <laughs> such great casting. They have similar noses, similar eye color. I know that can be changed in like post editing. However, they all have like the same lightish grayish, bluish, greenish eyes. Yeah. In the in the books, it's said that Boromir. I will say that Boromir and Faramir are said to have dark hair, in the in the books, but they are said to have gray eyes, and I think their eyes are very very grayish, very steely. I agree. Not that I was Yet just again. staring into Faramir's eyes, but I was so. <laughs> <laughs> Some more fine eyes to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down. I was like, how rude for Denethor to immediately send Boromir off to Rivendell right after battle like let the man have a break (laughs) he just hops on his horse and rides off like damn well then (laughs) that's when i realized that that's the last time faramir gets to see boromir because isn't that right before the council of elrond yeah that's the timing of that right i was like Mm -hmm. a little bit blown away by i actually understood the timing for like the first time (laughs) good job thank you she's getting there she's getting it Oh man, then we see Gollum in the Forbidden Pool, right? And I wrote, we should have killed Gollum with Faramir when they had the chance. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Kelsey, you really don't like Gollum, do you? (laughs) This point, I didn't when I wrote that note. Oh Um, oh yes, and I've been told by a friend of mine that uh, Gollum, a punk ass bitch. (laughs) I was literally telling a friend that was recording this podcast and he said, "Gollum, Gollum, a punk bitch. So there's that's the contribution from Brian Corpus is that uh, Gollum punk bitch. Yeah, I think for that. <laughs> I understand that um, Gollum is essential to the quest of getting to Mortar. Like I totally understand why he's there, but I mean they do a good job of making him really annoying and not making him super likable all the time. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have to say that. I do not like Faramir in this scene. The way that he has Gollum just beat up by his, you know, his guys. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so sad because like they're totally beating him up. Smeagol, it was Smeagol at this point, remember? Like he mm-hmm. was happy, he was eating his little fish. He didn't know he was in a forbidden pool. Right. And then when they beat him, that's when Gollum kind of emerges and comes back out. And I just right. think that if Faramir hadn't mistreated him like that, then Smeagol still would have been the dominant one. I agree. I think it was a little out of, not out of character for Faramir, but it was a little harsh. And I think it stems from like uh, Smeagol thinking Frodo misled him. Yeah. And tricked him, even though like Frodo didn't really know. Yeah. I don't, I do think the like abuse and torture in that section is a little unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, And Smeagol and Frodo, total miscommunication. Yeah, they, (laughs) They definitely, they definitely give... Fro- I mean, uh, uh, Faramir some damage. They give him plus 10 to daddy issues, which results in him being kind of a dick in this movie. Yeah. Despite the fact that in the books, totally nice guy and completely lets them go right after this scene. 
Well, I think he's really only like a dick in this specific scene because then right after he kind of changes a little, but it's all thanks to Sam because he's coming in again as the MVP. And I just, I love him so much. He knocks some sense into Faramir, explains the truth about they're going to destroy the ring and they're going to Mordor. Um, And I think if Sam didn't do that, then like we would be seeing a different story. Yeah, Sam just really lays it to him. Like, do you want to know why Boromir died? (laughs) Yeah. Way to go, Sam. Mm -hmm. Real talk. Well, I think this is probably a good point for us to stop because uh, we're running out of time and our next episode uh, will be going into Helm's Deep, which is quite, quite the adventure. (laughs) It is. It needs its own episode for sure. It definitely does. So thank you everyone for listening to this episode. We look forward to having you tune in next time at Hobbits at Heart. Bye Bye, everyone.